0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 366 of Nintendo Voice Chat, our weekly show for everything Nintendo. We've got a lot of wonderful topics today, but first of all, Episode 366. Mm-hmm. Order 366. Uh, today's, uh, today's topics, we're going to give you some impressions from Comic-Con. A bunch of people went to Comic-Con, played a lot of, uh, Nintendo games there. So that's, mm, true. that's very nice. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Nintendo Online, the latest games that we're playing, but also who should make Metroid Prime? Because we don't know the developer and we really want to know. Yeah. And so t- today with me on the show, we've got, uh, Brian Motherbrain Altano. Thank you. Yeah, we've got handsome Zach Ryan. What? How did? Yeah. And we have Andrew the Widow Goldfarb. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. R.I.P. And uh, I'm Snyder. Mother right. Brain, huh? All right. You guys watch Fargo? Mother no? Brain. Yeah. What's that? Uh, Mother Brian. You watch uh, Fargo? Uh, yeah. yes. There yeah. was a widow goldfarb. So, yeah, okay. and it's, That's they talked right. about the goldfarb way. Yeah. Okay. So no, I'm right. Pierre Schneider, your host for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed last week. Uh, we had Sam Claiborne on and Casey. Uh, I listened to the, the show. I didn't watch it yet, but I heard it was really cool. You guys showed a lot of, uh, images of arcade machines. That's uh, yeah, true. Yeah. Some cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, you you'll be
1: amazed to learn that Sam, looks exactly like he does on NVC as he does every day in the office. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's very, and he looks
0: exactly like the
3: kind of dude that knows a lot about arcade games. True.
2: And like that G.I. Joe cartoon from a few years back. I like it.
0: So let's get right into the latest news. Uh, there, there actually has been uh, a lot on the news front. Um, first of all, sales numbers have come in for the last quarter. And uh,
1: unsurprisingly, it's, it's looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's looking really good. Yeah. yeah. In the words of my friend Brian Altano, Hachi Mama. <laughs> Some real big sales numbers there.
0: So let's get right into it. I, the the <laughs> lifetime sales for the Nintendo Switch uh, worldwide are just under 5 million. So 4.7 million. Yes. Uh, it sold 1.97 million in the last quarter. Correct. To which I have to ask. Where were they? <laughs> right. Yeah. Where, who bought those? Who yeah. saw two million Switches on right. store shelves? That's amazing.
2: I wonder how much of that must have just been international because at least anecdotally in the US, like you cannot find them. Like, I mean,
0: anecdotally
3: in Japan, it's impossible to find them. Yeah. I've, I've read like stories of game devs working on Switch games who can't go buy the Switch. You know, There's lines like <sighs> crazy there. Uh, the secondhand market market and scalping has been a massive problem. Uh, these numbers are huge. I wonder what they would look like with a steady supply of, of
2: systems. That's, out that's exactly it. So like this is PS4 within its first three months. It came out in November and uh, as of about February was that like five something million. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so this is like about on par with that. That was only in the U.S. because PS4 launched later in Japan. Right. So it's like this yeah. is probably about the same but people just can't get them. Yeah. So to compare apples to apples, mm-hmm. uh, the first
1: quarter for the Wii saw 3.1% 3.19 million uh, sales for the Wii, and then the first quarter for Wii U, uh, just under that at three million. Yeah, and the Wii U actually had a had a not a terrible yeah. start out of the yeah.
0: gates, but it mm. was available everywhere. True. I remember yeah. after it came out, we said, "Man, you go to a Target, the the shelves were stocked with Wii U's. That's not a good sign." Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. with the Switch, they're gone. Ironically, this week actually, I've seen a whole bunch of Switches go on sale. Uh, uh, you know the GameStop c- uh, conglomerate with Think Geek, um, mm-hmm. they're selling bundles. So, you know, obviously retailers don't get so many of them, so they want to make sure that you buy a lot of stuff. So, on GameStop, about like three hundred fifty bucks, three three fifty nine, you get the the system with the game. So it's a good deal. It's not yeah. like they're they're scalping. Yeah, Think um, Geek
3: was doing the same for the NES, NES Classic, Classic as well. Yeah, but,
0: but Think Geek adds more think geekish items like yeah, you have to yeah. buy a zelda monopoly with yeah, it, or a, gi- like a giant stuff. sonic statue or a mega or man yeah. helmet yeah that, yeah. that yeah. NES classic
2: deal was not a good deal but it was no. a way to get it yeah but, uh,
0: they had like a wario bed <laughs> yeah yeah so if you're <laughs> if you're still in the market for a switch and you can't find one or an nes classic um go look at gamestop and <laughs> think geek or just follow IGN deals on twitter yeah um mm-hmm. you know our our dealmeister tweets out whenever switches are uh, in stock if they are in stock longer than five minutes. Yeah.
3: But this Which is, they this usually is, aren't. This is fantastic. Yeah. I think it speaks well to the momentum happening with this system. And I think that if you look at the Wii U numbers, that was pretty much the dedicated, everyone bought, did everyone
1: here buy one of those like right out the gate? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I actually bought mine about a year down the road. I got okay. a refurbished unit. Got that. it. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, I mean, I think like most of the people who bought those at the jump were the hardcore Nintendo fans, right? Yep. They were like, they want, they wanted it no matter what. Um, and once that number petered off, uh, you're left with not a lot of people. And this is a different story. I think this is reaching lapsed gamers, casuals, people who hardcore gamers who buy every console, you know, people who
2: have PS4
1: Xbox. You go, sorry.
2: Oh well I was gonna say there's also stuff to play on it. I mean like I think one of the reasons that this paints a little bit of a different picture than we used early success is that like looking at MPD this month, like all in a row you had ARMS, you had Zelda, you had Mario Kart there's been a major release pretty much once per month and yeah. that continues straight through because we're coming up, obviously Splatoon's out we're coming up on Rabbids, we're coming up on uh, FIFA, we're coming up on so many things that are in Mario and Rabbids and oh, I said that, but yeah, like there will be a lot of good stuff leading up to Galaxy.
0: There's, there's a, another interesting Odyssey. factoid here, so first of all Zelda is at three and a half million sold overall, uh, 1.1 6 million just in the quarter but the big surprise to me is um, is arms 1.18 yeah. yeah. million so it's different from the Switch, where people went crazy over Wii Sports and then said, nah, I'm good." Right, You're playing it, and then they might have gone out for like um, carnival games, some other casual games, or you know the. This uh, is yeah. This some is some of the collections. This
3: is the by, far and away the busy, biggest success of the Switch so far because this is a a new IP. B uh, has no recognizable characters in it from any Nintendo franchises, yeah. effectively. And C like a, a motion gamble. controlled fighting game. Like it's just odd. It's an odd choice. It's got this weird new art style everybody's got like funny spring limbs like it doesn't yeah. it, it's called arms which is like admittedly a stupid name for anything i love it we all we've all come around to it but that's that's did that it cross a million in just over a month you yeah. know is it's it's great. phenomenal and,
0: and yep. one to switch also over a million yeah. already sold so uh, you know nintendo's doing well and it's yeah. reflected in their financials they made a they had an operating profit last quarter of 145 million dollars you know um they made gross income. They made $578 million. So, uh, a healthy business from, you know, if you remember, uh, you know, last year we're talking about mm-hmm. operating losses and, yeah, exactly. all around. So
3: and I say this a lot, good. but like, you know, every time we report on sales or we talk about sales on a podcast or something like that, there's a select group of people who are kind of like, well, I don't care. I can't play sales numbers. And it's yep. like what they need to understand. And just to reiterate, you know, strong sales of first and third party, which hopefully we'll get to see eventually, software on a system like this means that people want to support it. They they want to put their games on it. It means we'll start seeing stuff get ported to it. I think that you're going to start to begin to see a mad dash of third parties going, let's take some stuff and bring it over and experiment. Um, and it just means more games. A successful console means more games. The Wii U wasn't one, so it didn't get a lot. 13 million Wii U sold worldwide. Yeah. And we're already, you know, we're yeah. I, th- I think we'll cross that, what, in the next year?
0: Well, with Yeah, and with any public company, right, if you're not keeping up on, on finance as well. Everybody played Animal Crossing and the uh, the, the turnips game, right? Yeah. But if you know, obviously, when Nintendo goes back to the street and reports really positive sales numbers, investors become interested. Yeah. More people buy stock. The stock trades higher. That means more money in Nintendo's pockets to actually invest in stuff like games. Means yeah, more games, games. and that's these it. are
2: the things on PowerPoint presentations at every third party yep. right now. Hopefully,
0: so mm-hmm. one one download 3DS sales are down year over year uh, by 31. percent So yeah, the yes, I think line that's is definitely declining.
1: I think that's to be expected. We're seeing yeah. fewer and fewer 3DS mm-hmm. games month over month. Yeah. And honestly, like with a system that's as portable as the Switch, I, I, I've picked up my 3DS twice since uh, the Switch launched. Yep. And that was to jump back into Pokemon for a little while and to play uh, Pikmin last yep. week. And, I mean, everything else, All my, the majority of my time has been spent playing my Switch. Yeah, when yeah. I
3: travel, like, for the weekend or something, and I want to grab a handheld to go, it's my Switch. Mm-hmm. You
2: exactly. Know. And it's also, like, I would pick up my 3DS literally daily just to play Badge Arcade, but now it's gone. Yeah. And so it's, like, even, like, the little tiny incentives to just play for a minute a day aren't there. Yeah. That mm-hmm. said, I mean, when Metroid comes out, I'm
1: all over. Yeah, that's it. What, so, what I was going to yeah, say, too. For sure. come September, uh, I'm sure uh, that'll be almost console-exclusive, just me yeah. playing that <laughs> game, so... And
0: finally, just to wrap up the the overall sales, uh, you know, Nintendo's smartphone efforts uh, actually drew eighty eight and a half million eight and a half million dollars uh, in that last quarter, which is really positive. Obviously, you don't know how much they spent on the effort, but I got to think, uh, you know, it's pretty, uh, is pretty, that, pretty, is pretty that successful. including Pokemon
3: little? Go or is that just Fire Emblem and Mario, it, not, meaning mostly Fire Emblem? Uh, I,
0: I'm sure it includes everything that they actually realized
1: under it's the probably Nintendo the business line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 80.5 or yeah, eight? 80, 80. and a half. 80.
0: That's not net profit. That's, you know lot how of much money. money
2: came in yeah. yeah it's so and that's before Animal Crossing too I, yeah. and we don't want to
0: um, we don't want to inundate you guys with numbers, but uh, you know one more thing. Splatoon obviously came out, and we're all playing it. I thought the name of the show was Numbers Voice Chat. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, it was Splatoon Voice Chat for the last two weeks, so True. <laughs> we're not going to talk a lot about Splatoon today. Um, but it came out in Japan and it sold six hundred seventy one thousand copies in one week, according Rightfully to a report so. in Famitsu yep. magazine. That has already in one week passed the lifetime sales of Mario Kart, which sold five hundred thirty. Thirty-four thousand so far in just Japan, right? In just Japan, so you know, if you guys had any doubts that Splatoon is humongous for Japan, Nintendo is the first company to really crack first-person shooters, that's crazy. you crazy know, yep. in, in that market or third-person. Third-person, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that's also insane.
2: Also, don't forget that with all this financial reporting, like this stuff, so their quarter ended on June 30th, so you're not even seeing numbers for the past several weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is also stuff that, like, it's probably, all of these numbers are probably at least a little bit better than we're even seeing here. Yep. Right. And yeah, in this yeah. case,
0: this was one-week sales, but yeah, overall. So you're absolutely
3: uh, looking at another million-seller, first-party franchise right there on this. Spl- the
1: Splatoon list. is week one million-seller. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, easily. Yeah, no if question not more so, it. I mean, Splatoon is so much bigger in Japan than it is here.
0: Yeah. So uh, th- something that also could have sold really well was the, uh, the Super NES
1: Classic. I don't even want to talk
2: about it. you guys all pre-order one on Walmart? God, yes. Yeah. I know because so, I saw this coming. What? Let me tell you, let Did
1: me, you pre-order it? Let me yes. tell you how this went down. There, there I was spending my days in anxiety thinking about how am I going to get a Super Nintendo Classic. Yep. And I was at Comic-Con when uh, our friend Wario64 <laughs> on Twitter tweeted out that pre-orders were available on super Nintendo for the super NES classic. And I opened up my phone. I texted, I sent a group message to you guys and I was like, pre-orders are up. Go now. Uh, was already logged into Walmart.com, got mine, and just felt so supremely <laughs> confident about it. I was like, "That was easy. That was so much easier than the months that I spent tracking down an it, NES Classic." Didn't like little squiggly lines appear over your head, like little like spider, little spidey, spidey sense, sense thing? Yeah. No, I was they did appear. I over was totally head. duped. Like part yeah. of me, in the same way that I I pre-ordered my Switch and had zero complications with that, I was like. I'm, okay, so I'm two out of three on three orders and that ain't yeah. bad. Yeah, I'm and invincible! It's I'm crazy because this happened. Because, like, I couldn't find the NES Classic. Nobody yeah. could. And this happened with Target with NES Classic. The exact yeah. same thing happened. Yeah. They took
2: orders when they weren't supposed to because they didn't have an allocation from Nintendo, and then they all got canceled.
1: So, well, you, you got the email. So, what's even worse is that the next day at Comic-Con, uh, one of our coworkers, uh, Brian Malkowitz, who was telling me, hey, those that Walmart pre-order was a mistake and emails are rolling out that pre-orders are getting canceled. And in my mind, still, optimistically, I was like, I ordered mine so fast, I'm sure mine is fine. And I didn't get an email for almost a full week. Same. And then yesterday, uh, the email came through and was like, sorry, we've made a mistake. Yeah. Pre-orders are canceled. Sucks, we didn't man. charge your card yet. And then I openly wept. Yeah, I there, got were
0: a lot of, yeah. there were a lot of people who said, oh, I, mine hasn't gotten canceled. I actually got an order update that says, your order has been updated. Now as yeah, you release it, too. And yeah. like, well, that's a good sign. Yeah. If you're still out there and you think that um, that you're okay, you're not. Walmart you're not. has canceled all orders, so unfortunately you'll have to reapply once the pre-order So true. I actually
3: got this crappy like one-two punch where they sent me an email being like, it's canceled, and they sent me another email being like, good news, your pre-order has been updated by one day. And it's, it's a- free. And I was like, wow. oh, cool, so it's not canceled, it's still happening, and I'm getting it earlier. And then they sent another one that was just like, nah, just kidding, we hate you. We're Walmart. Uh, yeah. So
1: what does this mean? Do you think... That we will have an opportunity to pre-order
0: at all? Yes, I think pre-orders will go up. We don't no. know what. The, you don't think so? <laughs> no. no, I think it'll be the same as last oh. time.
2: I think this is an audio podcast, so if you're shaking your head over there, you're going to
0: yeah, say the yeah. worst. Oh,
2: I really don't think so. I think that um, same as NES Classic. It seems to be that their strategy is they want these in stores, I think you'll get the little... <laughs> that was not their strategy. No, their strategy well, I mean, was that they don't want to sell it. And very very few people could, but the, yeah. their strategy was get in the store if you can't. Too bad. Like, Our
3: speculation it, from the jump of that thing was like, oh, this is the kind of thing you'll be able to walk into a CVS. It'll be on, yeah, the, end on cap. the end cap. Yep. And yep. you'll just be like, oh, a candy bar. I'll get my o. Henry and my People magazine. <laughs> <and> <laughs> grab an NES Classic. It's so easy. Instead, we're, like, we're slashing
1: each other's throats trying to get Amazon so, Now to deliver it. I think my concern here is that and there's, there's a lot of... uh conversation around the demographic for this little system, right? So on the day that it was announced when the games came down, Andrew and I, I distinctly remember talking about like, well, the NES Classic was probably a lot harder to find because um, you know, like our parents demographic, like it appeals to so many more gamers that aren't typical like you're like run-of-the-mill Alec gamers, right? Um And who haven't purchased these on other systems a million times and things like that. Uh, But the more I think about it, the more I look at that lineup on the SNES Classic, the more it's like, ooh, this is going to be in such high demand, it's going to be so hard to find. I I mean, I I
0: actually, I'm a little bit more hopeful because Nintendo did say we're thinking about ways to deliver more stock, right? So they already acknowledged that the first one (laughs) was a disaster, but you're also seeing the stock for the NES Classic now returning for, even though it's not being made anymore on ThinkGeek and, you know, like granted as bundles, but but they said they had a lot in stock, yep. and you know, they're so still not sold out. I do, and they're still there. So yeah. I, I do think there's hope for the second wave when the excitement has died down a little bit. And in some of the some of those niche stores, like Amazon, is just this big hub where all the scalpers go, too. Sure. A scalper does not want to buy a bundle that has a freaking plush mushroom in it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'll lose, as it's they'll lose so much money.
2: Yep. I mean, these, I don't know if you remember oh, the oh, day uh, <laughs> we got a heads up that Amazon pre-orders were coming, and they, I think they actually <laughs> finally said it, like, on Twitter, and the whole office was ready to go, and it literally crashed Amazon. That was one of the craziest Amazon. days
1: yeah. that I've ever been in this office, yeah. because it was it was like a like somebody doing the wave. I remember Ryan McCaffrey <laughs> just stood up and shouted, pre-orders are up on Amazon! And then just <laughs> This frantic clicking of yep. mice and like typing oh, furiously yeah. and like and God. we're all
3: terrified too because we're getting them shipped to the same address. And yeah, we're like they're gonna think it's like some sort of like scalpers hub. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Sorry,
0: we
2: canceled all your. Yeah. We're yeah. all gonna end up. Only that, that, gets his. Yeah, end up that gets I yeah, think he. I mean, I. Right.
0: I really hope I'm wrong.
2: I really hope they're pre-orders. I hope
0: you're wrong too. Yeah, me too, guys. Let's let's move on and come back when we uh, fail at the next batch of
2: pre-orders the <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: uh, and then lament.
3: Um, sorry, ten percent of the show historically has always been us. Collectively complaining about not being able to purchase something. <laughs> yeah. Whether it be an amiibo, a So,
0: Brian, hey. I tried to download the uh Rayman Legends Rayman <laughs> Legends Definitive Edition demo yeah. from the EU eShop. Yeah. I was unsuccessful. How come? Yeah, there was a demo for Rayman. How yeah. long was it there? Oh, wait, for? there's Rayman. <laughs> <That's> mm-hmm. <bad. laughs> Do you you got it? I got That's it. It's out of so, the bag. Yeah. So, so that was a mistake too.
3: So Rayman is coming to uh the Switch on uh September twelfth. Uh or the opposite of those dates, if you're in Europe, that always screws me up. It's was like <laughs> this coming December nine. Now. I was like, really? That's kind of late. Yeah. Uh,
0: so well, we go small to big. So yeah, day, month,
3: year. They they do everything right over there. We've yeah. just been doing it wrong for so long that it feels right. Yep. Uh, so uh, they put the demo up for Rayman Legends on the e on the European shop, which I have an account for. Super easy. I've said this before. I have an account for. America, U.S., or U.S., Japan, and EU, right? So hopping over to each of those accounts, downloading demos or games, whatever, super easy to do. Jumped on there, grabbed the demo. It's the demo that launched on Wii U originally, I believe. There used to be a demo for that game. Oh, yeah. So it's just like it's like nine levels or something or seven levels. Wow. There's like a good amount of stuff in there. And it uh characters you can swap in and out of. If you've never played Rayman Legends, it's a sequel to Rayman Origins, one of the most beautiful platforming games ever made. It's got this like really Michael Ansel hand-paintedly style uh co-op um action platforming game. They brought in a bunch of stuff from Origins into it. Goldie, like you've levels. like almost hundred percent of this game, right?
2: Twice, yeah. I hundred yeah. percented on Wii U and then I'm like four trophies away on Vita. Um it's yeah so they added there's a lot of like little unlockable things so as you go you can collect like uh, there are these music levels and then there are 8-bit versions mm-hmm. and like there are bonus levels and each of the bonus levels is basically an origins level yeah. Yeah. but with a, maybe a new twist depending on which character you're using.
3: So they put this demo up in the on the shop. I grabbed it I played it. I was like cool this totally checks out. This is gonna be a fun game. Yeah. It leans into more of the PlayStation 4 style of playing where um, if you remember the Legends version on Wii U had Murphy which was this like little character who flew around and forced you to do like kind of touch screen stuff like yeah slash ropes and yep. move blocks around. Uh, on, the, on the PS4 version and I believe some other versions, you could just hit the A button and it would do that for you. So that's the version here. I think there'll be touchscreen stuff eventually. Either way, the demo's gone. They pulled it. So uh, come over and play it if you want. I have it. Um, or wait. Or just play it on Wii U because it's there already. but They said it's coming game. back. It's a really cool yeah. game. So the weird thing about this is a uh, weird little sort of like anecdote is that this is not the first time Ubisoft has put a Rayman demo on a Nintendo platform and then yanked it never to be seen again.
2: Uh tell us about the 3DS version, Goldfarb. Yeah, the three D 3D- I forget if it's Origins or Legends, but it's the same thing. They put the demo up and then yanked it, but the worst thing on 3DS is that it had limited plays. Yeah. So like I have that demo, but it's like twenty-four plays remaining, and I'm like, <laughs> when I play it twenty times, that's it. Like it's that's gone. the end. Yeah. The demo just
3: disappears after No, you? it stays there, but it just says you can't play it. Yeah. Like oh, you'll have the icon annoying. for
0: it yep. forever. That's uh, weird. Do you think it was a music licensing issue? Because mm-hmm. Rayman has the the crazy like uh uh, tune levels in it. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know. I mean, Maybe there's they, like
3: Brown Betty and a whole bunch of other songs in there. Yeah. So like, I don't Brown mean, Betty, huh? Yeah. Michael
1: Ansell and Brown Betty. Yeah. So. Do you do you remember that movie uh, Batman Returns, starring Michael Pfeiffer as Catwoman? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I, we, uh, let, we let the Michelle Ansell slide.
1: But. Ultimately, I, hey, think I that, call him Michael. <laughs> all right, we're poised. <laughs> <That> <laughs> Get American. Regardless of whether or not there's a demo available, it's really exciting that Rayman uh, is coming to Switch. Yeah, I think yeah. That, yeah. that's. It's such a gorgeous, like incredibly engrossing platformer, and honestly, the Switch is sort of missing that right now. I think think forty bucks
2: is too steep for it. I didn't know that was the case. That wasn't good. And that was the whole thing. Like the night of the, so in January, Ubisoft announced three games all at once. It was Just Dance, it was This, and it was Steep, and at the time, I really rolled my eyes at that, as that is their offering. Can you show us Switch? Okay. Just like that. Um if you're like listening at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like at that time I was like, well that doesn't seem great. Now that I'm actually thinking about Rayman Legends, I'm like, yeah, I will 100% replay that even yeah. for 40 bucks. Yeah, like, I think it's it's so like playing it on Vita was Perfect! It's yeah, such yeah. a good portable game. It looks great on Switch. It's yeah. really beautiful. It's, I was planning to
3: not
0: screen. rebuy yeah. it because I already own it multi- multiple times, but that portable factor is going to get. Guess out. what? You yeah. will. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah. You know what else I'm going to buy? <laughs> what uh, is the uh, the the Metroid Amiibos? <laughs> I imagine you pre-ordered like three of those. <laughs> yeah, we ordered the Amiibo. I think at Walmart. I'm getting a little worried. <laughs> um, anyway, so we once learned, bit
1: and twice shy. <laughs> Pair.
0: We learned what they actually uh, do. You can look that up online, but basically, you know the new Samus 1 will uh, unlock a, an energy reserve tank. The classic Samus 1, a missile reserve tank. Uh, there was the uh, the Metroid, the squishy Metroid, reveals the location of any Metroid on your map. Which so will be like supremely
1: useful map. in Samus a, Returns.
0: Kind of a, a, a cool feature, right? Um, the only thing is that the Zero Suit, well no, the Zero Suit has an energy reserve tank and music in the gallery, so it, uh, it unlocks all sorts of stuff. But the the hard mode is locked behind Amiibo. Yeah. That's, right. a, that's, that's, a, bad. that's yeah. a bad. Do you, do you yeah, think... I, I mean, we don't know yet if that means it's exclusively locked behind an Amiibo but, or if you can beat the game and then unlock it. Behind yeah. which Amiibo? Uh, which one was it again? I'm not I'm sure. sure. That's uh, one uh, of the three. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think um, we deleted
3: our own I'm not sure. Can you yeah. buy them individually
0: yeah. anyway? I thought they were only They're sold... they a pack? Yeah, I thought they were... Yeah, I preferred a right. three-pack of yeah, them. Yeah, you might be right. So... Uh, sorry, it was the uh, the Metroid. The Metroid yeah. has the new difficulty mode. This is the second time. Metroid. This is the
1: second time that Nintendo sort of bungled the hard mode uh, in yeah. a in a major release. Yeah, we don't know.
0: It might be. Yeah. A- so let's let's see, but I mean, uh, I'm they sure sh- they'll upset some people.
1: They sold you Master Mode right through Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. right? I'm upset
0: right now. You're upset? You should nah, be I'm upset. I'm not that They're mad about mad it. Yeah.
1: I'm not that mad about it. I mean, I, I feel like um, Samus Returns, well, I guess initially Return of Samus was a hard enough game to begin with, <laughs> Yep. so I don't necessarily know that
2: I need hard mode, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah mean, it's, I, it's that weird I, thing yeah. where I think costumes are the perfect mechanism for Amiibo. I think mm-hmm. like the way they work in Zelda, I'm actually really happy with. Um, I was actually just scanning your Majora's Mask one earlier to try and get the Deity Armor. But I think like at that point, like when you're hiding hard mode, that's a gameplay feature. And yeah. that's a thing that like feels a little like I guess you could think of it in a positive way, which is that you're buying the DLC or you're buying hard mode, but you get and reaction something figures. With it. Yeah. Like I think that's yeah. what they mean Again. to do.
1: Again, I we don't know that this is necessarily 100% the case, so everybody out there, please take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. if it is yep. the case, it's sort of a bummer. Yeah,
3: I think it yeah. sucks. Straight up. Yeah. Like, I mean, whether or not this game's hard or easy, I think giving you the option on day one is something they shouldn't lock behind a physical purchase or a digital purchase. Like, I don't think that DLC uh, should be uh, tied to something like a difficulty level. Like, that's something that's a very basic thing that should be there yep. on day one. You know, Master Mode was one thing because it came with all this other stuff,
0: and there was like... It comes later, too. You could see that they started working on it, maybe it wasn't done for the final game. There's that little distinction, right? It always feels icky when something is locked away, yeah. to be unlocked by some key that you just haven't been yeah. given. Well, Why like I, already already this, on the this is
3: going to work on, day, on day, day one, right? right? I mean, day one, you're
1: walled Which out. It's it's ironic when you're talking point. about a Metroid game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> The idea that it's hidden behind a key a door that you can't open. Yeah, yeah. Uh I mean, you I have de- de- to buy uh-huh.
3: day de- one, not being able to just switch over to hard mode without buying something is stupid.
1: Really? Okay. See, I'm.
0: I just want to play the game on normal. I don't know you're talking you about Brian, a hard, hard mode, door. Altano
3: over here. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm, I mean, like thousands of people listen to this yeah. show, right? And I'm speaking on behalf of the ones that, like, probably Super aren't players. that don't buy every Joy-Con released and don't buy every amiibo and don't buy every switch case that it, they make there are such people yeah there's some people who just buy a Ooh, game and then out you know to you
0: see my new splatoon switch case
3: yeah i like like so much that that sold,
2: I literally bought this two days ago sold it to someone already so i could buy that one instead. for those of you listening at home Per schneider
3: is holding up his switch case and it's got multiple colors on it such as green and pink
2: yeah
0: and i ordered the matching uh joy-con with it Welcome
1: back to another episode of What We're Buying. Right. Anyway, yeah.
0: Let's talk about what we're playing instead. There was, sure. we, we talked about sales numbers and and sales that didn't go through. Let's talk about what we're actually playing. And as sure. always, there's always an obscure indie game on the list that only Brian has played, which in that's, this that's case true. is Fate Extella came out. Fate slash Extella. Okay, Fate slash Extella. <laughs> umbral star. Uh, I'll
3: do a quick rundown uh, of on yep. this one if you haven't heard of it. This is like one of the sort of more expensive Meteor games we've seen launch on Switch without really like... I don't know, like a, A big sort of a ton of fanfare behind it. Um, But this is a Japanese game. It's a Musou style game. So if you played Hyrule Warriors, Dynasty Warriors, it's one of those. But uh, it's more based around uh, quirky uh, Japanese girls in in half naked clothing. So if that's your jam, hop up on there. So
1: it's the third installment in a franchise called Fate Slash Extra by a Japanese visual novelist named uh, Kinoko Yeah. So it's interesting that this game, which already came out on PS3, Vita, PS4, Mm -hmm. um, is making its way to to the Switch now um, and it's it's honestly like it's pretty niche market but it's really cool that it's, it is on Switch mm. for those that want to play it.
0: Now, now that you've described it I'm very confused that you have not platinumed it. I know.
2: Well, I mean, I will Japan? say, I think this signals something that's kind of a seismic shift, which is that obviously the Vita is dead <clears> and a lot of these niche Japanese yeah. games need a new home and yeah. they're finding a place on Switch. And yeah. I think that's actually like a pretty good, as someone who is into those nerdy niche Japanese games, like I think that's actually a really cool thing yeah. to see happening because I love my Switch.
3: So I played this one for a while and I yep. like. I honestly like the fact, I'm not crazy into Musou games, even the Hyrule Warriors didn't totally yep. grab me, but I think it's a, it's perfect for a handheld, which like is probably why I didn't really play it on 3DS because it didn't work so well there. Yeah. Um, but it's the kind of
1: game that like. You're talking about Hyrule Wars. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Sorry, um, I am confused.
3: No, no, no. It's um, it's the kind of game that like you're marathoning some show on TV and you just want to like just beat up a bunch of waves of bad guys without being super invested in a really deep game. That's your chance right there. Uh, this one has like some RPG elements to it. So there's story cutscenes and stuff between the levels. Unlock costumes. There's like bosses and stuff. It's totally fun. It's totally cool. Uh, it's kind of the first of its kind on Switch. So if you're looking for a game like that, um, yeah, check out some videos of it and see if you're into it. Yeah, it's a, and there's I, a physical version too. It's always.
0: I mean, I, I got got to be honest. Like sometimes I'm I'm surprised by games that pop up on the eShop. Yeah. I'm like, wait, how did I how did I not realize this was coming out today? Mm-hmm. And like that was one of those games where I just wasn't expecting to. Yeah, see it just
3: kind of came out of nowhere.
0: Another game that came came in fast, but we had more of a heads up, was Overcooked. Yeah. yeah Everyone's um, played that game, right? Love that game I so love much. Game. Overcooked yeah. is so good. Yeah, so it's $20 bucks, uh, on the eShop. Um, uh, it can break families apart yeah, yeah. I, I know i know this from experience i played um i played the the console version before uh with my family with the kids if you haven't played over uh overcooked yet it's you have to work together to prepare meals mm-hmm. um so you know one and and you basically have to divvy up the tasks where one person you know uh, cooks the hamburger and moves the pan around puts the the meat on the bun somebody else chops the tomato and then you have to deliver it all and then oh the dishes get dirty so somebody has to wash the dishes and it just stuff starts piling up yeah. like in a Hell's Kitchen kind of episode. And like you start shouting like, why you, you dropped the burger on the floor? It's and, really fun yeah. because
3: there's like it takes this very simple premise of like, what if you and your friend were cartoon line chefs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And you start off in this ba- very basic kitchen and then they start doing weird things like, oh, the kitchen is actually a food truck on a highway and, and it gets Separates, split in half. Yeah. Or there's an earthquake <laughs> that makes half the level go up. Or there's rats that run through and steal your food. Or it's on a pirate ship and as it tilts, <laughs> everything in the restaurant falls off the the, the table. It, so, go, yeah, it
0: goes to the side yeah. and you have to reorganize yourself because you don't have access to the same things anymore.
3: And so on Switch, uh, obviously you can play it docked or undocked. In handheld mode, when you play it by yourself, this game's not really super fun when you play it alone. I, that like, was
0: my word of caution yeah
3: so and it is it is a handheld game so you can play it anywhere by yourself but the cool thing about that is that when you play multiplayer which you can do up to four people on one screen undocked anywhere super uh, cool. or two at a it's time awesome. using just the joy cons popping off like the way you play mario kart split screen but you have your own screen um uh, it's really fun because you basically just have this game
1: anywhere you want to go yeah. to me that that that's the biggest selling point uh, having only played this game in a party environment yeah uh being able to to have it on my switch and take it like just to pop it up in the office yeah. or killing time, waiting for a, a, a car or something at a bar, like playing a couple of rounds of overcooked is such a no brainer. Yeah. It's, it's just, one of those it's it's just ha- perfect ha- fit. For I know this system. exactly.
2: And it's a perfect yeah. fit for just having installed and just yeah. sitting there. Even if you boot it up once every six months, it's, it's just the like way the it's the, thing. it
1: feels to me the exact same way that snipper clips. Yeah. Yes, It's totally. like, it's such a perfect opportunity to like, bust out your Switch in a casual environment and be like, oh, you guys it's, aren't necessarily mm-hmm. huge gamers, but this game will yeah. immediately make sense to you and it's really, it's really Exactly, like, cool. this and is you, a funeral
2: yeah. we don't want to play over <laughs> But,
0: but the, br-
1: <laughs> the
0: brilliant thing about this game is that you can cover for a friend who's not as good or is not right. experienced. You're, you're like, oh, move over. I'm going to do this. Yeah, right? like, yeah. And they can learn by watching you. But my favorite part about that game is just the sense of... Like everybody starts off and you're like, You do this, I do this, you do this and then, and then we swap then it, it. falls it apart. And it falls apart yeah. and it just becomes horrible Absolutely. and the burger is on fire and like it's just it's this wonderful game of escalation and just being completely frustrated well, yeah, with yeah, the inability Yeah, but it's a terrible it's a
1: terrible nightmare yeah. game for type A people yeah. like me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's really funny cuz like too. the ba- like to describe like the
3: basic act of like making a burger in that game is like you have to take the meat, you have to chop it. That yep. has its own chopping station. Then you put it out you put it on the grill. If the grill overheats, it catches on fire and half your kitchen burns down and you have to throw it out. <laughs> Didn't they put that on the box? You take the meat and then you chop it. Yep. Overcook. <laughs> so then you get the bun and then some all these orders pop up and you're like, "Oh, this guy wants Lettuce and tomatoes, so you chop those two, you put it on together, you put it over there, you deliver it, and you're like, Yeah, great. And then a dirty plate comes back, and you're like, Oh crap! I got to clean dishes too. I thought this was just like a cooking game. Yeah. So you have one person now is cleaning the dishes, and the other person's like, I guess I'm doing everything else in the restaurant. So your jobs completely fall apart. Yeah. Um, specifically I, on Switch, it's really fun, and I,
0: I highly recommend it. Yeah. If you have if you have friends you like to play games with, and you have people coming over all the time, you gotta have this. One. I
3: noticed like some minor frame rate issues on Switch when things get really crazy. Um,
0: both both version, like both just just undocked.
3: undocked. Okay. Yeah, not docked. Yeah. Mm. Um, so just keep an eye out for that. I am. Imagine it. Has all it. DLC
0: in it, though. Yeah, it so does. Awesome. awesome. It does. Yeah, that's yeah. so. All the DLC yeah. packs. The
3: DLC is really hard. Yeah, uh, but it's really fun. Cool. So yeah, Very check cool. that one out.
0: Another game snuck out.
3: Yeah, Namco Museum just launched. It's thirty bucks. It's um, Brian. You're playing this one too. Yeah, Brian, <laughs>
0: yeah. he's he doesn't sleep. Yeah. Brian playing
3: yeah. the games. That's yeah, right. really. Uh, run, I'll run through real quick. So basically, in lieu of Nintendo again having a dedicated virtual console, everyone is eating their lunch, including mm-hmm. you know Neo Geo and Namco. So uh, this game just launched. It's got Pac-Man, Galaga, Dig Dug, Tower of Draga, Sky Kid, Rolling Thunder, Galaga '88, Splatterhouse, Tank Force, Rolling Thunder Two, Pac-Man Verse, and Brown Betty. Sorry, my
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, no.
3: Um, so Pac-Man Versus is the only one I didn't get to try yet, but they sent me. So apparently, you'll be able to download a multiplayer app for this game on other Switches. Cool, and then communicate with each other. So, so it's like
1: a cartless. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. cool. Like
3: the way they used to do Mario Kart on the like, yeah, Game yep, Boy. Yep. Like yeah, download, yeah. play, but uh-huh. use a cart um, in this case, right? But if you're really into retro games, um, this one's really cool because there's a lot of options on Switch. You can basically uh, sort of mess with the pixel ratio, stretch the screen to any dimensions you want play with a number of different controllers but yeah you can play vertically in yeah. tape mode so a lot of old arcade games have this sort of vertical monitor uh, if you have a way to prop up that screen like a kickstand or something like that yeah. which won't work with the one you have I don't think you want Ness to test that?
0: No I don't think you can it's do Tate with that you have to oh no it nope, oh, doesn't work oh that's I'm not broken. a good noise uh, So <laughs> this you case can,
3: has one built in though yeah so some oh, cases yeah. have a kickstand built in That we you get know, it the case that. is really cool oh like right? the Splatoon case <laughs> you mean? oh yeah oh yeah um, But again, you can play multiplayer on in a bunch of games like something like um, Rolling Thunder has two player (laughs) co-op. Nobody can do it. You just can't get those switches up. You just up, gotta
0: hire you. someone to stand there for you, okay? nothing, yeah. nothing like a good visual gag on a mm-hmm. podcast. Yep. Yeah.
3: Uh, but yeah, you can play multiplayer on the same screen with a couple of different games, like Rolling Thunder. Uh, it's cool to have like stuff like Pac-Man on here.
0: And, yeah, but, I mean, it goes without saying, these are not the NES versions. So no, yeah, these are Galaga arcade. The way that it played in so, the arcade. Spoiler
1: yeah. alert, uh, Pac-Man Versus is worth 30 bucks a lot. Yes, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Pac-Man Versus is amazing. I
1: believe it was
3: free back in the day, but it's appreciated over time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and I... I'm, I'm old enough to have <laughs> played these in the arcades yeah. when it came out. So Dig Dug was like the one arcade machine in my small town that like as a kid in Germany you were allowed to go into bars Is a little different here and this bar in my local town had one dig dog machine hanging on the wall Yeah, and I would just I would play it every time every time I'm there yeah I was there in the bar I, the-
3: and I think they, they did a it's fantastic a child <laughs> they did it like a fantastic job with the emulation in this package and the, the menus are really clean like when you hover over um, a game it shows you like the promotional art from yeah. the arcade like sort of marquee stuff and then it shows you gameplay and then once you jump in there's different borders kind of like the super game boy had so yeah i don't know i just i feel like 30 bucks again like a little too high for something like this um 20 would have been the perfect sweet spot but i don't know i mean nintendo would have sold each of these games for five bucks a piece so
0: i'm i'm i might just do it again yeah Ugh. We can play some Pac-Man Just, it never so ends, know. man. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, I want to uh, hear a little bit from you, actually. Um, you went to uh, Pokemon Go Fest. Yeah, it went swimmingly, right? no and problems whatsoever. You went there, you played the game the entire time, everybody was, like, cheering. Yeah, everyone was really happy. Hugs. Totally positive event. People in Pikachu costumes <laughs> crying
2: yeah. for joy. Well, they, were, they were
0: crying. Yeah. yeah. That's so what really <laughs> happened? Where, where, where was this thing?
2: Uh, I was in Chicago. So uh, I went to Pokemon Go Fest in Chicago, which was meant to be sort of the one-year anniversary of Pokemon Go. It was Niantic's sort of official way of like saying, Hey, we have a massively successful year, let's celebrate the community. You could catch a bunch of really rare stuff. They debuted legendary Pokemon. It was when it worked, which it did work about half of the time or maybe 25% of the time. Uh, it was really cool. What a disaster! But disastrously, uh, the servers went down. No one in the park could get connectivity of any kind. Uh, it just it ended up being a near riot. Where most of the people there, like, I mean, the CEO of Niantic came out on stage and people started booing. They were just chanting like, F you, And then there was like a, a rally of like, fix your game. People were throwing full water bottles at the hosts. Jeez, from, that's that's like not YouTubers. good. Don't it was do like, that. It it's like, became, like a Blues
0: Brothers scene. It
2: really. <laughs> yeah. It became like really rough. Um, so eventually they gave full refunds to everybody and $100 of in-game credit. And they gave Whoa. everybody one free legendary Pokemon. How, so, how did
1: they distribute that?
2: Uh, it just appeared in the game. Like, mine finally just appeared yesterday. You got $100 of in-game credit? Well, I was there as press, so that, that's people who bought mm-hmm. tickets. I, although, I, I should check if I got the credit. But it was anybody who scanned a barcode, basically. That's crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So basically, like, the way it worked, because there's so many spoofers in that game that, like, fooled the GPS to make... So many like, what? Spoofers. Spoofers? Spoofing? What the kids spoofers. are calling Spoofing and goofing. All right. um, it's basically people who, uh, from a computer, tell their, like do a proxy GPS thing and be like, oh yeah, I'm in Chicago when really like, ah. sitting in whatever uh, California sure. um, to prevent that. They had these QR codes you had to scan on site that okay. were one time use only. And that checked your GPS and everything. So if Things you successfully did that, you get all this stuff, but it was, it was a cool, I mean, when it worked, it was a really cool reminder of why that game was a pop culture phenomenon. It was the whole thing of like, Someone yells out, "There's a rare Pokemon!" and thirty people run to it. And or it somebody was... yells out, "Let's kill that guy on stage!" <laughs> yeah, exactly. To do it, <laughs> but I mean, like, really, like it was it. it it was a cool, family-friendly, wonderful event <laughs> no. when, it, when it worked, <laughs> yeah, and but then when, it kind of just evolved.
1: But when it didn't work, it was a perfect reminder of how crummy that game was when it launched. Yeah, yeah. that's the whole I thing. Mean, I think I made it about three weeks into Pokemon Go before I was like, okay, I don't want to play this. Yeah. It barely that's, works.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, when you first told me the story, I, I first thought, man, would I, would I be that guy if I went to an event that was all about celebrating this thing? Would I be that upset? But I guess, yeah, right? Like, if you're yeah. shelling out money, you don't know that you're going to get a refund Anything? Exactly. He was Just
2: like guys, they didn't announce that until like Show six up. hours. In. Did they yeah, get up
3: and, like in front of the whole group of the mob or whatever they're called and say, "Hey, you get a hundred free bu- fake yeah, dollars." Yeah, but
2: like they did that at $3. probably $2. like <laughs> probably like two p.m. and the event started at nine in the morning and people were lined up since six in the morning. So I mean, like oh. they did that. It was also about ninety-five degrees uh, in the middle of the park, and they threw their water. out of hell held. Yeah, that was. was yeah, really. Was, well, they
0: finished it and
2: then <laughs> they. Uh, they was empty. <laughs> they really. Uh, I, I, they have a bunch of other events happening this summer all around the world, and. And they have to figure this out i mean i think like uh i wrote a thing that you can read but i think ultimately what it comes down to is like they're adding all these really cool new features they're introducing new pokemon they're doing all this stuff and it's built on this very shaky foundation mm-hmm.
1: how do you not stress game. test that before you organize an event like exactly. This? exactly i mean that's that's what baffles me the most is when you're organizing something to this extent how do you not make sure you're crossing off all your T's and dotting all your I's and saying, okay, this will work for these people to come and play this game. I mean, we we just Uh,
3: talked earlier about how uh, the NES Classic took down Amazon. (laughs) Sometimes it's
0: just Nintendo fans just get up in there. I I would just caution because sometimes people do sabotage. You know, when you have an event or you have a launch, there are hackers who are trying, you know, uh, denial of service attacks or things like that. Companies usually don't come out and say that's what happened because they don't want to encourage that sort of uh, hacking and show the
2: vulnerability. So we don't know. I mean, I'm assuming they stress tested this stuff, but... Maybe. I mean, I guess it's just never enough. I mean, ultimately, like, I'm so curious what's going on, like, in all the meeting rooms of the Pokemon (gasps) company. Because, like, Niantic is one thing. Like, they're the ones in charge of this game. But I bet you the Pokemon company is very upset. Let's
1: get down to brass tacks. Yeah. You think it was Team Rocket? (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh,
0: hence the water uh-huh. no. no. throwing the water yeah. is that um, how you
1: catch a Pokemon CEO <laughs> yes let's talk <gasps> about
0: let's talk about an event that was a little bit more successful gentlemen
1: uh, Comic Con oh boy we went so, yeah
0: did you all go you did no, go I was you a, were at Pokemon, Pokemon Fest. Fest. Zach and I went living
1: it up with the yeah, water bottles sweating and Brian, Brian and I went Brian got to go to a hands-on uh, event on preview night, yeah. And play some of the games while I was stress testing our live stage. <laughs> um, yeah, Brian, you played, uh, Odyssey. You played mm-hmm. Metroid. Mm-hmm. You played, uh, Rabbids. Mario and Rabbids. Uh huh. Well, what else did you play? Skyrim? Skyrim, yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah. Let's
0: start with that. So, sure. What, what, what's it look like seeing Skyrim run on this screen? Like, did you get to see it on the tiny screen? Like, to be
3: completely honest, it's like, pretty surreal yeah like yeah. it almost
0: feels like for a number
3: of reasons right first of all that's like one of the best-selling games of all time it's one of the biggest games of all time to see it like with an you know uh, with the sort of nintendo stuff around it is yeah. really fascinating i never thought we'd get anything like that it almost feels like someone hacked it on there which <laughs> is a running theme with skyrim but it's also this kind of testament that like you know this is a different era than any nintendo era we've had before so it's really nice when you get down to it it's skyrim which is like a a wonky ass game. that's just kind of weird yeah. coming off a of breath of the wild. That is a weird game to play. Cause it's just, just janky. Like, yeah. and it's lovably janky and people adore it for that. But Skyrim to me has always been something that like, like I don't, there are people who play that game seriously for like the lore and everything like that. And there are people that play to like burn rabbits and just like see how I far cheese wheel. Po- yeah. yeah. And so I think for that, that's going to be a good time. If you play Skyrim more like Minecraft and less like, I don't know, Ocarina of Time. Um, that's that's, me, that's where I'll find fun in it. Uh, but it's a huge game, and it runs really well. It's got all the DLC in it. I don't think it'll have any of the mods. We'll see how that goes. But Yeah, well, I
1: doubt you will see any mods, I, but yeah. did you get a feel for whether or not it was the special edition? I'm, I'm assuming it's probably just the standard edition, like graphically. Right? I'm not sure. It looked, it looked really good. It good.
3: I, um, I, you mean like the, spe- the HD special mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. that they put out recently? Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you. And yep. Did you mess with the motion controls at all? No, Max didn't. He said it mostly worked. Like, Max, now who is that? Max Scoville. Okay, all right. I yeah. can't. Uh, Friend of the show. That. Friend I, of the I, show.
0: I mean, I can't see myself playing the motion controls. I had to bite my lip a little bit when you're when, with all the blasphemy about the uh, uh, that you uttered over Skyrim. Why? Obviously, it's an amazing game. Yeah, but it's also it's a janky wonderful. mess. I, I'll give you that. It is because it's such a big world that's populated by characters that that kind of react to each other and run scripts. Like anything can happen, including the infamous like uh, horse. Carts flying, yeah. To the sky oh, yeah, and all that stuff. Obviously, Part there the bugs happen in this world, and like, I when you play Breath of the Wild, you're amazed at how solid that world is and how right. well it works. Right, but <laughs> but there's also a ton more going on. in I agree. Just I agree. the when you go into a village, like the way the characters walk around, and you can kill characters, like everything impacts everything, right? Um, I spend I usually spend hundreds of hours in like the Fallout and Elder Scroll games. Total sucker for them. You think I'll play the the story stuff and all the side missions? You think you'll triple triple dip on this one? I think I'm going to play it again. Me I'm too. Saying that, just not knowing where I'm going to find the time, but yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. it's a perfect airplane game yeah. too. Yeah. And uh, there's still, when I look back, there's still a ton of stuff I haven't done in Skyrim last time when I played
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got about I got about ten hours into the special edition uh, when it released last last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, sort of. Th- fell off pretty quick, uh, but the idea that it, it's portable, the yeah. idea that I can yeah. play it on a plane or well, play it like or, or, and on the bus, like, yeah, yeah.
2: And with Zelda, I mean, like, you've beaten Zelda, obviously, and it's like, like, right now I'm doing all the Korok seeds, I'm kind of a crazy person, but it's like, I will eventually someday run out of stuff to do with Zelda, and this is sort of my next, theoretically, infinite, like, I can just pick it up. Yeah, totally, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt
1: so, you No, me. no, but my, my
0: again, a word of caution to people who have never played an Elder Scrolls game, it's when you come off a game like Breath of the Wild, and that's what you're getting at, Yeah, you swing the sword and Connects and it causes this kind of visceral impact and it feels like you're hitting something. Skyrim is more kind of like it's almost... Can't shake its like turn based roots almost, right? It's like classic RPG where, uh, or when you're playing an M- MMO, when you strike something, you don't get that instant
1: feedback. That's whicher mm-hmm. sort of Witcher, Witcher, yeah. Witcher kind of walks that line like it, it did it better. That was always, that was always Jose's yeah. complaint about the Witcher yeah. was that it felt too floaty. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: Elder Scrolls games mm-hmm. always feels like you're swiping like this and yes, you're hitting something and you're, you're causing damage, but it's more kind of classic RPG style mm-hmm. where you, you see the damage numbers on, you know, like that versus the kind of like you feel the impact. Impact in the character like yeah. recoils,
3: yeah, like. and I, th- yeah, I think it's going to be a little weird to people who've never played it and yeah. have mostly only played super polished Nintendo games. But but, but then, there's a lot there, right? Like it's cool, it's coming.
0: But then you, what then after like, and it has all of those ga- games have a horribly long tutorial, kind of like character creation and like first level, like escape the dungeon. Once you get going, you realize how deep the systems are and mm-hmm. how much you can do with your character. How much you know? How much it is a true role playing game where you can shape your character and what the character specialties are. You know, you can become more magic user, or you can be the axe wielder, or the swordsman, or you know, use a shield to block, and it just has so many different variations uh, on that playstyle. I I just think it's really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you also played Mario again. Any new levels? Anything different? No, I went before? back
3: to New Donk. Although we had, uh,
0: yeah, we had a on a first name basically. We mm-hmm. had the
1: sort of the forest area on our live show. Yeah. So Nintendo brought the uh, Nintendo brought a, a Mario demo to us and showed us the 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 woodland area. Yeah, which. this is the third or fourth time I've seen Mario demoed. I got to play it at E3. I didn't get to play it at Comic-Con, but I've seen so many demos now, like producing our live shows. Um... Every time I see something that makes me fall in love with that game yeah, over yeah. again, and yep. every time I see something that completely blows my mind, and in this particular instance, you know we've seen bits and pieces of the woodland level, but the one thing that we didn't know was that there's this entire subterranean level underneath it, and yep. and that was sort of the thing that that uh, really interested me about this playthrough is that in the way that you discovered alternate routes and things in in a game like Super Mario World, uh, this game gives you little context clues like you'll see three coins floating in the distance on this world and you jump for them and then you just plummet to this entire different area that you didn't know was down there yeah. and then you're just in this subterranean world like going around punching bushes and stuff and like well,
3: yeah, when, yeah. They, when we were demoing it on the live show the guy did the leap off of the wall I was like oh you died yeah and then he just lands in this whole nope, surprise. Yeah. yeah. when I played it the I Never specifically yeah. tried yeah. to recreate every single sort of like um, platforming scenario that I had Playing Mario sixty four, so I did you know jumps, double jumps, triple jumps into a Woo-hoo. dive. The the dive is like the one thing I think is missing.
1: Yeah, there's I, I haven't seen anybody. Do yeah,
3: because that that button is now replaced with like a throw. But like that, like that, my favorite move to do in those games is like the run in one direction. Quick yep. pop back, yep. you know, uh, 180 in the yeah, other Yeah, you do direction.
1: like the, the in-air cartwheel, yeah.
3: yeah. You do that into a wall jump, into a wall jump, into a wall jump, land, triple jump, like all that. I was trying every single one of those moves. They felt so good. Like I ran around New Donk, not even like trying to do anything really, but yep. just trying to like scale
1: areas, just find find little secret pockets of the, of the world. Um, yeah, still awesome. One of the things that really interested me about this demo, um, and if you haven't seen the Comic-Con demo, go check it out on our YouTube or, or something like that. But, uh, We were told, hey, the demo ends after this, like, mini boss fight. Um, but I'm just gonna play around in the world until, you know, like I'm running out of time. And so I threw our demo, uh, demo or a curveball and was like, okay, get to the mini boss fight as fast as you can in like the last five minutes of the demo. So for the last three or four minutes, Uh she's just powering through this level and just the the traversal, she goes through a 3D open area, she goes through like a really vertical wall jump area, the red kind through. of like beams, Donkey yeah. Kong looking. She goes through like a side scrolling like tower area up to the top to like a very Mario 64 looking area, all within the span I, of three or four minutes. And I, I mean I remember being in the room and watching it happen and just being like, this is incredible. And for a guy who was like uh, admittedly a little lukewarm on the E3 demo. Yeah I can't, every time I see this game, I get more and more excited to play yep. it. Yeah, so. I agree, and I'm, that's that's without the kingdoms even seen yet. I mean, yeah. who knows what else is in there? Yeah, we we mostly just keep seeing the same areas. So, yeah. like, what else is out there?
0: Yeah, I'm am super excited for about this game. I, I can't <laughs> wait to play it. Um, want to quickly talk about one thing that I'm not that excited about? What? Um, Nintendo's online. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you know, Splatoon. Yeah. I love Splatoon. Yep. Whether it's Salmon Run or Turf Wars, you know, I'm, I'm having a really good time with that game. Um, and I tried out the app and I really like the Splatoon stats readout. All that stuff is really cool. That's really great. I love the concept of expanding this with new games. Like if they go back and add Mario Kart, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um. I can't see which ones of my friends are online playing this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, If I go back out to my main switch menu and go into my friends list, there's a chance I'll be disconnected from right. matchmaking. Um, you can, it, like, just the convoluted process of, like, do this there, do that there, then go there. You know, it's just, it's just not there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you guys felt, but I no, I've I, tried this a couple of times. I successfully played with some some NVC fans as well. We were chatting on the thing. It's great when you got it all set up. Um, but also Splatoon has that limitation where you can't team up in Turf Wars with your friends. You can be in the, you can be in the same group of eight, but you're not guaranteed that you matched up. Yeah. Like I was they, all playing these
1: limitations that are weird. I was playing with you last night. Did you mm-hmm. notice? Um, I but, didn't
0: know if that was you because yeah. your name is Zach.
1: I know. I got to like, change they, that. They're, yeah. A
0: hundred thousand Zach.
1: I know. I got to change that. I got to put Zach. IG Don't in change I your name, dude. It's just Splatoon. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, if you see me, I actually did change it last night to Zachary underscore D, okay. so you'll, that's how you'll okay. know it's me. But, um, yeah, I was playing with you last night, and that was the first time that I have, had jumped into a friend's game yep. to play with them. And, I mean, I'm at, like, level 11. I've played over yep. 20 hours of this game, but I just hadn't jumped in with anyone. And I just assumed that I would be on your team since you're on my friend's list. I just right. assumed that they I would put us out. together. And then when you popped up on the other team, I was so bummed because I was like, oh, I wanted to f- fight with Pear, and also he's probably much better at this game than I am. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think the, the
3: layout of the app is really awesome. Um, I think that using it for anything but like stats. And so like one of the things I liked from it was, uh, there's a little store in there where you can send exclusive items from the app to your character. I definitely did that. I bought a leather jacket, which rules (laughs) Perry was telling me like, it probably has bad stats. I was like, I don't care. I'm I'm just here to look good. (laughs) And that, Oh, that's great. Like, and it's gonna be really cool when you open up that app and there's a bunch of different games and stuff like that. Yeah. But The actual using it to like interact with people in a meaningful way is basically broken. And also like when something else pops up on your phone, like a text or something like that, or like, you know, it's not sitting in the foreground, which is like, that's not how phones work. Like they're
2: multi-purpose devices. Uh, it all kind of falls away. So yeah, it's, it's one of those like the app itself is actually really well designed. The interface is cool. Checking stats after the fact is cool. I think it's just how cumbersome it is to be using it while playing. Like, it's just another thing to look at. It feels it, like one too many.
0: And I'm, you know, I'm usually the guy who always says, uh, well, are you worried about running out of battery on your phone? Uh, just plug it in or put, put in a power brick. And that exact thing happened to me. My faraway friend in another city up north said, hey, you want to play? And sent me a friend in white. I'm like, awesome, 1%. And I'm like plugging in my headset. I'm like, oh, crap. And then I'm like, oh, I'm not near an outlet. I'm on my couch, right? And then I'm like, all right, let me get a power break. It's, it's just disruptive. It's a, it's another element when honestly, the pro controller should have just had a headphone, phone port on it. Here's hoping a future iteration of the Nintendo Switch, the Nintendo Switch Pro or whatever comes out and it fixes this limitation, whether by adding more RAM to allow for easy like cross uh, game chat or uh, a pro 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 controller comes out that has a headphone jack. <laughs> something's got to happen because I don't see this system just flying for the entire no time.
3: and until then I'm only yeah. gonna play online multiplayer games with strangers or whoever's really? online and I'm not gonna use voice chat it's just not yeah. worth it
1: yeah I've sort of divorced myself from the idea of yeah, like really? playing I, this I'll and do the voice same. chat but like I, like I'm not gonna ever play splatoon in the same way that I play overwatch unless I'm in the room with those people yep. you know what yeah. I mean like I, I think that's a bummer because like especially modes like salmon run or even turf war it, it when you're playing with four people, like I have in the office, it's a totally different experience because you're calling out things like, hey, there's, we need backup over here. Yeah. Enemies are coming from this direction. And like that stuff just doesn't exist in a way that's easily accessible on, through the app.
2: Especially yeah. other games. I mean, like when you think about this as a disincentive for people to make their multiplayer or to bring their multiplayer games to Switch, I mean, it, it's, when you think of like, um, rainbow Six Siege or something like that, where like you have to be communicating with your team. Like mm-hmm. a game like that would be really hard if you can't always rely on somebody to be using voice chat. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. I think it's a work in progress
0: guys. I hope it gets, uh, gets much, much better. Um, for our final topic, um, I want to switch gears a little bit from the real world to uh, the hypothetical. Ooh. Actually, we're going to talk about uh, Metroid Prime, a game that we're all very excited about and know zero about. We've seen the Metroid Prime 4 logo revealed at E3. Huh, what a logo and, it was. Yeah. And we asked, hey, who's making this? And the answer was a new team will, you know, will work on this at Could mean a team that hasn't been announced yet, a team that hasn't been uh, founded yet or or created yet. Uh, Maybe it's uh, across different uh, offices. We don't know. So I thought it would be really fun to get together and talk about, like, who do you want on this game. Who do you mm-hmm. want to make Metroid Prime Three, uh, for?
1: So maybe um, we'll start with you. Okay, so uh, obviously the cop-out answer for me is retro. Um, oh, I see. That's yeah, an original uh, I, uh, I mean, I, I have another answer as well, uh, but to me, Metroid Prime is probably in my top five favorite games of all time. I think it's one of the most moody and atmospheric and perfectly paced games ever created, so yep. if retro could go back to those roots and do it and be successful at it, more power to him. That being said, I would love to see a studio like arcane take a crack at it. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, uh, I, I don't think I know dishonored two was my game of the year last year. Dishonored one, when it came out in 2012 was my game of the year that year. And I think they do first person adventure just as good, if not better than most other companies. And I love the way that they've integrated a lot of the RPG mechanics and like building, building your character towards the way that you want to play. And, uh, in those games and, and in the game like prey, you know? And I think that, uh, in the next iteration of Metroid, it can't just be another Metroid prime game. Like there has to be something different in the way that Zelda had so much character customization and, and, uh, all these RPG elements and stuff. Yeah. And I'd love to see that sort of integration in, into a Metroid game. And if that's the case, I definitely think that arcane is the way to do that. You know, you want to, you want to upgrade your ice beam or do you want to upgrade, uh, uh, (laughs) Of course, now I can't think of any other Metroid powers. Um, <laughs> the missile lock. the, the, the wig- launch or, or Yeah. Um, the spin attack or <laughs> you know, screw attack. Yeah. You know, Spider-Legs. Like, yeah, <laughs> spider Spider-Ball. Ball. Like, yeah, I love the idea that you can you can customize Samus, Samus's gear in any way that you want. And that might open alternative paths that weren't available to you. I didn't, you
0: know? I didn't even think about arcane. I mean, yeah, that's an awesome, obviously us, yeah. unlikely to be available to make this game, but, uh, I mean, they're working with Bethesda on Skyrim. So, yeah. there's, there's, there's so there's, there's a switch in, new, in the
1: office. But They yeah, worked, exactly. they worked with, um, they worked with, uh, infinity ward yep. on call of
2: duty.
3: Yep. yep. Yeah. I, I think we also yeah. need to keep in mind that like retro that we remember it as is yep. is almost entirely different that's yes, what I was gonna terrible. say
2: like the the core team of Metro Prime almost entirely is not at retro they're at Armature. they're all spread out so I, I mean to, it halo like yeah
1: it's but
0: it but it also doesn't mean that you know there there aren't people there who um, who know how to craft a good kind first. of first person game sure. or an yeah. adventure game, right? It like also I might shoe the horn them into the, now they're making 2D, 2.5D sure. side scrollers, right? Yeah. Um, There are a lot of talented people who work there. It's just, uh, they pulled off the Donkey Kong Country kind of, I mean, remember they they were not the ones to invent these games, but they pulled them off. They mm-hmm. felt like it and they looked like it. Um, I still think they could really... Well, I look at a company like Rare
3: who for years were uh, relegated to making like... Avatars for Xbox Live and yep. mini games and like Kinect sports games and now they're making Sea of Thieves, which is like a full it's fledged 3D rare game as, as about as rare as it gets, right?
0: Yep, that's and right. it's all saying like no no company lives and dies by the departure of a, of a few employees. Obviously, you know you will get a different take and a different feel, or if you switch the composer, a different sound to mm-hmm. it, but.
2: Yeah, uh it's interesting to compliment Zach Center. I kind of have to my first one was going to be armature because mm-hmm. all the original team is there right, and because yep. they're kind of a, a studio for hire anyway, it's like, why not go back to the roots and bring them back? And I think you would get some of the classic feel. I think to the point of retro, like maybe, you know, maybe the top guy left, maybe the project lead left, but maybe his number two is still the studio, yes, you know. <laughs> so I think like keeping it kind of in the family in either of those ways would be cool. I think uh, thinking way outside the box, Weirdly, the first answer that came to mind for me was Starbreeze, um, who made oh, Payday. Wow. Uh, you know, Payday's coming to Switch. I, If it's not going to be retro, if it's not going to be armature folks who were former retro, I would love to see something weird and different. I don't want them to just make the old Metroid games and try and carbon copy something they're not. And yep. so what I like about Starbreeze is... Number 1 Payday is obviously a really smart co-op game. Like, who knows if online co-op or something could be part of this, but for me it's like I look back at like Brothers: Tale of Two Sons, I look back at uh you know even some of the stuff Payday brought to heist and co-op that has now been aped by stuff like Rainbow Six. I just want to see something innovative and weird, mm-hmm. and I feel like a just a slightly off the wall kind of independent shooter studio feels like it would be a good fit.
3: Yeah, it's really interesting. What about you? I have a weird choice. Mine was uh, the Resident Evil 7 team at Capcom. Ah. Yeah. Because I think that what they did um, with that game in terms of uh, sort of mood, and presentation in the first person uh, is pretty much unparalleled with, with with sort of survival horror and adventure, it's kind of first person adventure games we've seen in the last few years. That game didn't really have platforming in it per mm-hmm. se, but uh, the their level design, their world design, their enemies, their bosses all felt very Metroid. Uh, there's yeah. a lot in there that I think could translate well to that franchise.
1: Um, and there's also, precedent of Nintendo teaming with Capcom. thats what oh, I was totally. going to say. There's yeah. also there's also a history of Capcom's reverence for Nintendo yeah. f- franchises. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's an that's an interesting point. So I I assembled companies that make Metroid like. Uh, um, Metroid-like games, or have made them in the past, and like on the 2D side, you had like you know Tom Hap, Axiom Verge, Club. Yep. Moon Studios, uh, Drinkbox, Guacamole, Chair, Shadow I mean, Complex. Drinkbox. I love Shadow Complex. It is the most Metroid 2D Metroid, yeah. Shadow yeah, Complex is great yep. that you've ever seen. But I don't think any of these guys are proven in the 3D realm, and we know mm-hmm. it's going to be a first-person adventure again, mm-hmm. right? Presumably, um, it's got the name Prime, and so it ties in with that. Uh, that means first mm. it ties ah. in with that franchise then I looked at 3d games you obviously you mentioned retro uh, I think there's a uh, vigil um if you remember made yep. the darksiders games which were very zelda metroidish like right. set up they are now gunfire games um, you know, there's a there's potential there.
1: Tell that's because, about gun right in the title. Because I uh,
0: because I do think I do think for this game, I do think Nintendo is gonna go with uh with a US studio. I I agree. I don't think they're gonna go to Nap- uh, Namco as they have with Smash or um Koitech more as they've done with Hyrule Warriors. Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. And so then there's Crystal Dynamics, Tomb Raider. Yeah. Homerader yeah. is very Metroid. Yeah, like yeah. everything about yeah. the games, like the setup. It would be amazing to see them. I would but love. I, that. I, I can you imagine a fully?
1: Imagine. Can you imagine a fully 3D but third-person Metroid game like that? Yep, yeah. like an over-the-shoulder. Like, n- yeah. there's no, I mean, there's that, no, like, outside of precedence, there's no reason that Metroid H- Prime has to be a first person. No, game. I mean, at like, times it is third
3: person, right? Yeah. In Morph Ball mode yep. it is. Or t- you Mostly, when they, during that transition, you see her character. Um, the original concept uh, sort of screens for Metroid Prime were a third person mm-hmm. adventure yeah. game. where think, you,
2: It was over the shoulder. I think... Uh, I agree, and I would actually love to see them try something different. Like I do, think the one detail they said D three was that it will still be first person adventure. Well, I think I, that's literally the only thing they said about it. But I do think, correct, yeah. well, no, I mean, I, I don't even say that to correct you. I, I I just think like I think to the point of Prime in the title, like I feel like that is one of the few core tenets they have. I yeah. think Metroid Games can still reinvent the wheel in a lot of other ways, but kind of to the point of those two D two D Studios, what I would love to see them do is. Maybe stick to something internal or start a new internal team to do the actual first person part, but contract like a, a, you know, a drink box or a yacht club to do design and to actually like let the design of the game be handled by people who have proven they can do it. But then let the actual like modeling and and first person physics and stuff be handled internally.
0: So my my pick is actually, and I'll bring up the other studios. There was Valve. Obviously Portal 2 has so many little Metroid elements Uh, and super clever puzzles. Ain't gonna happen. Rocksteady with the Arkham series, that's, I think, the first Arkham game was the closest thing to Metroid Prime, even from, like, flow and visor (laughs) usage and everything, right? Ain't gonna happen. Deus Ex, Eidos, Eidos Montreal, it's probably not gonna happen. So I think they're going to assemble a new team, and I do think it'll be America, and I think, why not go back to NST?
2: Mm. Nintendo software
0: yeah. technology. They've done Metroid Prime Hunters. So the first person shooter that I, I wasn't a fan of. I, I like the adventure style games. They've also done Wave Race Blue Storm. So mm. they've shown that they can take a Nintendo franchise from a game from Japan, like the original Wave Race, adapt it, give it better visuals, and, and do something unique with it. I would love to see them break out from, they've done Mario versus Donkey Kong, right? They've done, uh, they've ported Super Mario Maker for the 3DS. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Nintendo bring in new talent from other studios, bolster NST a little bit, and pull off a Metro Prime. Yeah, that'd be really
1: cool. Good point. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. we'll Great see. Great choices all around. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: yeah. Hopefully, uh, I hadn't even thought about your your pick. That's a Star really good one to go back to the roots, man. Yeah, uh, that would be big news, but. I mean, who knows? It might just be like, hey, our friends at Grezzo did a great job updating uh, like, yeah. uh, any of the, the studios that updated like, Ocarina
1: of Time for the 3DS. Maybe they'll go okay. with someone like that. Well, we'll look yeah. forward to finding out more about Metroid Prime 4 in 2020. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, <laughs> hopefully not. Um, we're almost
0: at the end here, but we do want to check in with our listeners. Yeah, hi, uh, listeners. You got a
1: couple of questions for our question segment. I'm stealing it. Uh, we set up a Twitter account, right, Zach? That's right. Well, we've always had a Twitter account uh it was run by the fans mm-hmm. um which has been awesome uh but so what, uh you took it from them you hacked into you it i didn't take it from them but i oh, asked for the keys okay. of the kingdom they stole, willingly gave it to me so you if you're talking to at nvc podcast on twitter you're talking to me all right um but yeah i have been trying to uh i've been trying to put out more nintendo news talk a little bit more about the show so if you're a fan of the show follow us on twitter at nvc podcast um but, yeah, we did put out a Twitter question earlier today mm-hmm. um, for Question Block, and Brian pulled some answers for us. Or nice. questions yeah, for
3: uh, us. we'll go through them real quick. Uh, Joshua Rogers, 42, uh, on Twitter says, everyone talks about all the things Nintendo could learn from Sony and Microsoft, like online gaming, but what could those guys learn from Nintendo?
2: Be weird. Like, just yeah, be get weird. Yeah. Just don't be afraid to just completely break every convention.
0: Well, yep. judging from, like, games like PlayStation All-Stars, I'd say they learned a lot from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm really. No, I mean, I, look, <laughs> Nintendo is great at being super weird and saying, what if you used a scale for a video game? Or, like, you know, what if you used motion controls? And, you know, Splatoon owes a lot to classic shooters but it also it's it's really its own thing like that paint mechanic in a first person shooter like that is so different Mm -hmm. Uh, I totally agree like that weird stuff and then I'd say Control and the feel of characters. And I, I, I made a snarky tweet about the Crash series, right? When the that, Crash that collection came out. That tweet
1: was such a perfect tweet, though.
0: Well, like. I said that, you know, I'm happy the Crash is back because it reminds me how brilliant the, the Mario games are. Yeah. And that's not because I actually enjoy, um, you know, the, the third game, second one got better. I, the first Crash, I was, I was just really disappointed with it at the time because it was positioned as this Mario killer. And then the controls are so loose. Mm-hmm. Like when you control Crash, it just doesn't feel right. And the game just says, "I don't care. I'm still going to make you jump on these tiny little platforms." And a lot of p- platformers back in the days were guilty. Uh-oh, uh-oh. like this guy loves Crash.
2: Watch. No, it, it's not. Even, it's not even just that. I and think, Mario doesn't do that. I think it's kind of to Brian's point earlier. I think a lot of these PlayStation games that are getting remastered now and brought yep. forward, you're kind of seeing that lack of Nintendo polish. In that, I think a lot of these games at the time you didn't really see those flaws. They didn't feel floaty at the time. Mm -hmm. Or at least I didn't. I wasn't covering the video game industry at the time. But I mean, like I think now I I think like another answer to this question maybe even is that Nintendo has this very high standard and they don't, it's why games get delayed a lot yeah, because they will not put it out until it is, it hits their, their kind of high bar for polish. And I think if nothing else, maybe that's something that a lot of publishers could learn from Nintendo of like, Hey, delay your game. Like, People will leave snarky comments or whatever, but like get it right before you put it out. It's that old meme quote, and yeah. it's
0: easy. I mean, you look at Nintendo's lineup; they're duds too, right? Like when they farmed out certain games, like uh, you know they farmed out the Mario Party free, uh, series, <laughs> and then Hudson Hudson just mm-hmm. started phoning it in after a while, right? And there there flaws with those titles, but when you go to a core Mario game, I just feel like. This is something the way it feels like when you're jumping with Mario in a 3D mm-hmm. space, and even when you go back to the early days, like you play Super Mario World, it just feels right. Yep. Well, and it like, also makes that, that transition.
1: Hump. It also makes that transition from 3- 2D to 3D. Yeah. Jumping in a in a 2D Mario game is analogous to the way that you jump and move in a 3D yep. Mario game. I
0: agree. So I think it is for me. It's like the feel and the control, and then Nintendo also they they they. Got worse over the years, but they used to be really good at teaching you how to do things by just showing you. Mm-hmm. And like they, they came up with these really clever things where, um, you know, sometimes when you get an extra life in Mario, you know, there's going to be a hard part now. So better be on your toes. And you play a game like Sonic the Hedgehog. I always thought Sonic should have a speed limit sign. If you go back to the first game <laughs> where like you're running really fast and it's awesome. It's really fun. You're going through the pipe and then boom, you run into the spikes and you're dead. And it's like, If that game communicated that there are times when you gotta run fast and at times you gotta be careful more efficiently, um, I would love, I would love even the early, like the first Sonic much, much more than I do. And I, I I dig him.
3: Well, because Um, the tagline, you gotta go fast occasionally, but sometimes less efficiently doesn't roll off. But but that's why, that's,
0: I think Nintendo is always really good at, at showing you something and then like, I, I always love Ocarina of Time's sign that says, do not cut down signs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, you can cut signs. Well, then you right? cut them down by accident because yeah.
3: you're trying to read them
2: and yeah. there's only one button that does everything in but,
0: but the game. But the Nintendo games are filled with that. So yeah. I, th- I think that's something, you know, more companies nowadays are good at it, but Nintendo did it early on really well. All right, we're going to
3: rapid fire through the next one. Uh, Cameron Gillum at, on Twitter says, if only What's one okay Wii U game could be ported over to the Switch, what would you pick? Oh, Let's go with that's that.
1: That's such a stupid answer, but it's... Uh... <sighs>
3: Uh, Wind Waker HD yeah Uh, Super Mario 3D World Metroid Prime Trilogy Tokyo Mirage
2: Session Sharp Fe all
3: right Uh, and wow Mm -hmm. really and last one wow I'm Michael on Twitter says what color of Joy-Con do you most want to be released pair you have them all so you're gonna buy uh,
0: what colors uh, am I missing Uh, uh, (laughs) well I haven't gotten the green and pink one yet Um, let me think about that for a second okay
2: Uh, this is such a nerdy like 90s answer but clear I love oh, when, yeah. like, the Ooh, transparent the like, I yeah, see yeah. the chips and stuff I really yeah.
3: want like Game Boy colors or classic NES like just the yeah. classic NES uh, with the red uh, all, buttons and so all
2: patterns that. I would yeah. definitely go back to like the GameCube yep. age and yep. all that to have like the purple with the color. yeah I think buttons. we saw those mods uh, yep. at mm-hmm. the GameCube ones yeah. I'm stunned we didn't get that for Splatoon I thought there would be an ink splatter or something
1: yeah, yeah. yeah same uh, I'd like like a like a bright orange mm. that's it mm. I mean that seems pretty easy given how bright their their other colors are yeah. but I really like the idea that like a cool Halloween theme going I mean they're definitely
3: across busy streets with it yeah.
1: right, right now they're definitely going for the kind of the, the
0: popping neon colors yep. and uh, I love that I, I gotta think we'll get to an age where they'll do like the
1: silver one what do you got on there now uh, I've got blue, I'm rocking blue and yellow. See, that's my favorite combination yeah. right now. Yeah.
0: But I think the new Splatoon stuff is gonna change that. I think they look really good. Cool.
2: I like them matching. I i I'm, I actually really? like all the colors right now. I just I like them to be the same both sides. Well you can't with the Splatoon
0: ones because there's no reverse pack yet. <laughs> oh wow. True. So that's gonna hurt your O C D there. Oh no. Yeah. But you I do have the two yellows, so I like the two cool.
2: yellows. I like two blues or two reds too.
0: Cool. Very um, nice. Yeah. So yeah, N V C
3: podcast on Twitter. Follow them. True.
0: Talk you, to Zach. You can ask questions. You can also email us at nvc at IGN.com. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot more of you have discovered the uh the NVC podcast forums group mm-hmm. on Facebook as well. Some really good folks in there um talking about Nintendo 24-7 basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you'll see us pop in there as well. We're overdue for an AMA or something. we got a yeah, one. We should there, totally right? do that. And then, you know, we also comment on IGN and on YouTube, so look for us there. That is the show for today. I think we've got it all. Um, we will be back next week uh, with more on your favorite Nintendo games. I hope everybody gets to play some more Switch this weekend. Yeah. Splatoon. Uh, as we're recording this, um, Salmon Run is finally back. It, it's back. It, it took off a little time, and uh, that makes us very sad. Um, where can people find you when they're not listening to the show?
1: Uh, I'm at ZachariasD on Twitter. Yep, I'm at AgentBizzle.
3: You can catch
2: me on Beyond, Up at Noon, and all the rest of them. Uh, I'm at Garfep. Uh, I'm on uh, Beyond. I'm occasionally on Game Scoop, uh, and you can find my report about Pokemon Go Fest on IGN.com. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, if you like the show, I'm Per IGN on on Twitter and social media.
0: If you uh, if you like the show, please uh, leave us a nice comment, uh, ask questions, give feedback. If you're listening to this on your smartphone or car stereo, if those still exist, uh, your streaming service, uh, leave us a nice review on uh, on iTunes or your favorite podcast service. that helps others discover our show if you love nvc and you haven't checked out our other shows there are plenty more of them we've got game scoop beyond unlocked um you can check them all out on your favorite podcast service uh fireteam chat if you're into destiny i hear that's mm-hmm. the hot game that's coming out now Yeah, there's
1: gonna be a whole second
0: one i'm a lapsed yeah. destiny player i'll definitely go back once that's out but find us everywhere
2: where you can find ign and enjoy <laughs> have a good week